0: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Mark Patterson, internationally recognized expert on sound healing, who has received praise from numerous best-selling authors for his uncanny abilities with sound healing and vocal toning. He was given the ability to heal others through sound in his near-death experience which we will learn about today. Mark, thank you for joining me and welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Mark, I believe this happened when you were a teenager. So can we start there?
1: Sure. Yeah, it did. It happened when I was 16. But even uh, before that, uh, as a child, I was very uh, psychic and intuitive. And I had I received many visitations from angels, ETs, other dimensional beings and other dimensional reality experiences in the course uh or unfortunately i should say when you're growing up um you're always told no don't talk about that why don't you hear that why are you you know why do you know that you know don't you ever say that again and so we're not exactly praised or receive approval for being uh psychic or intuitive or knowing things or you know seeing auras around people or, or lights around people like I did growing up and a lot of other people had the same experiences as well and uh so what happens and I've told the story many times and I've heard other people share the same thing that we become when you're sensitive you become so sensitive to everything that you all you want to do is sh- turn it off you want to shut it down so by the time I was uh 14 because I felt like it was always overloaded. With all this information coming in, and I didn't want anything to do with it. Because no one believed me anyway. So what you know, what was the point? So by the time I was 14, I was consuming alcohol, doing drugs, uh just to numb it out, just so I wouldn't I wouldn't feel anymore. And of course, uh, when I was 16 years old, I thought I would be really cool. And please do not try this at home. You may not get the same results as I did. Um at a high school party at the Canterbury Inn in Coral, Iowa, when I was 16, uh, 38 years ago, uh, I tried to impress my older friends by chugging a fifth of vodka, four beers, two glasses of wine, and wine coolers in about 90 minutes. Uh, needless to say, uh, I became unconscious. Uh, I was dead. There's no other way to say it. I was dead. My skin was black, green, and purple. Uh, I left my body, and anyone who's had a near-death experience will tell you that when you first leave your body, that's the first, you're, you're scared, because you realize your body's down there, your friends are around you that were just, you know, minutes ago going, chug, 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 you know, and you're trying to call out to them to call for help. And then all of a sudden I was greeted by my grandfather, Russell, uh, who was uh, probably passed away when I was about two or three years old. I only have vague memories of him. And um, and it's very common that if you have a grandparent who passes away when you're um, young, like one, two, three or four years old, they in turn become your guardian, kind of like your, your guardian angel, so to speak. And Russell uh, informed me that... Um, because he always called me Marcus Aurelius. And he was like, Marcus Aurelius, you're you're, you're going home now. And uh, so then the light opened, I went to the light, and there's a thing called the Elohim. And uh, since this experience, I've been taken to the Elohim in my dreams maybe uh, three or four times. Uh, and it's just beautiful angelic music. It's like, it, it, I, it's so unearthly, heavenly, that it's hard to describe. But that's what i heard and they took me um uh, into the light and then there was a building uh the only thing i that vaguely reminds me of it is a movie star wars empire strikes back there was the city of the clouds and there was a large building uh there were golden letters that had the, the name melchizedek on it there uh then they took me inside there was a it was all hologram and telepathy and there were seven angels. They were about 14 feet tall in appearance. They were all female in appearance, in appearance and they were reviewing my life. You kind of, it's not that you you're judged. We're not judged. We go to heaven and heaven. There's no religion. There's only God. Um, Your love, no matter what you do. I mean, you, you're not going to fail at being human. You might have to do things over and over again until you learn the quote lesson, but you never really fail. And so, uh, They showed me my life. It was like a holographic table images. And any time that I was angry, uh, resentful, or blamed other people, which is all that we kind of do when we're growing up, and all that we definitely do when we're teenagers, they asked, how does that relate to love? So everything in our life is an opportunity to express love. Forgiving means you're forgiving your love away regardless of what happens to you. You're always forgetting things if you're out for getting things you are forgetting who you really are and so then they went into this great um detail uh, uh about and again you know it's multi multidimensional, multi-dimensional even though there's several beings talking at once you can still distinguish between what's being communicated um they went into this great detail about sacred geometry uh and sound sound healing frequencies and the uh the priesthood of Melchizedek and um, uh, then they introduced me to a being that was probably about 30 feet tall and this being had immense love for me and they explained to me uh that this being was going to come in and take over and I guess in in a moment in an instant uh everything disappeared in that 30 foot being made an icosahedron, which is kind of like this, uh, it's a geometric pattern, almost like a basketball with facets on it. And it entered my heart and it brought Mark, me, back to life. And the strangest thing, Jeff, for about, I want to say about three or four days after that whole exchange, everyone looked about like this big. And then by the fifth or sixth day, the memories of Mark Uh, took over and then I started remembering that you know that I am Mark and that um, I'm in in high school that's my mom this is these are my friends and um, so the the quote the transition the transfer from Mark the soul from conception to 16 to the walk-in was kind of uh, complete and um, and you know some people will say well that sounds pretty crazy and this is true I've told this for since 1997, now, um, ten years out, and I did. Jeff, I didn't tell anyone. I think I told my girlfriend, who I was dating at the time, in Charleston, and I told my best friend uh, in Iowa, where I'm from, about what had happened that night and my whole experience and your experience, and you know the the messages about sacred geometry, toning, and uh, sound therapy. And the Melchizedek priest said, I probably only told two people. Ten years after that, I got a phone call at 1.30 in the morning from a woman I never met, never spoke with before. How she got my numbers a little, I don't know, I really don't know. I have guesses. And in verbatim, word for word, she described events from my childhood that no one knew about. She described what happened to me in my near-death experience that night when I was 16, 10 years prior. Uh, She told me the same thing. It was all about that download is about sound, geometry, the Melchizedek priesthood. And she said, I mean, just told me the same information that uh, was given to me 10 years prior. And I'm talking no one knew about that. So that was really because, I, you know, even though it happened and you have memories of it, you know, it's like, you know, it's pretty, you wonder, was it just a dream? Was it real? And then when you get that phone call, uh, it really anchored it that, you know, there was something that really profound had happened, you know, to me. And that really, that was very real.
0: Mark, thank you for sharing your experience with us. If we go back to the beginning, it appears that you were born with these abilities. Do you think it's true that you were born or is it possible that even as an infant or during childbirth, you had an NDE? That you don't remember.
1: I don't know if I had an NDE as my childhood, uh, but I do know that I was supposed to be a twin and my twin was stillborn.
0: It sounds like that you are now a walk-in. Is that correct? That's correct. Do you think that you're the twin now? Is that possible?
1: That's possible, but I personally think that my son Austin is my twin. And I've had a lot of charge and. Channels and astrological charts on, done on him and mine and that seems to be correct
0: So the original mark do you think that he's still on the other side at home or Is it possible that he's even reincarnated by
1: now? I believe that he is reincarnated by now Yes,
0: do you have any memories of what you were doing before you took over mark's body?
1: Yeah, I I remember um, Coming from another time another place. I remember coming down the dimensional realities i remember like there was like this large ocean and there were like these big geometric patterns that you had to move in a certain direct direction to open up a doorway a portal that allowed you uh to come into this dimensional reality mm-hmm. but it was like it was a, a place beyond time and space and i it related to time space continuums and uh things of that nature you don't I have, do have memories of that. Yes. What about any
0: memories of like, well, I guess you wouldn't call it a pre-birth contract, but kind of like a pre-walk-in contract?
1: I have memories of being above my mom before she gave birth to me. I, but but uh, it's in the Bible, it's Psalm 139, 16. It says every every day, every deed, every action was recorded in your book before a single one of them passed. So absolutely, we do absolutely do agree to things. We do plan our lives out. We do uh, make a contract with individuals and people. It's my belief that we incarnate with about 30 30 people, plus or minus. Those are our soul families. Okay. And everything is set up beforehand.
0: That's correct. I guess it's the same terminology as your soul group.
1: Your soul group. Yeah, you got it. Exactly. Yes, that's correct.
0: Can you tell me what the priesthood of Melchizedek is?
1: So in the Bible there's a really small reference that says um Jesus is like Melchizedek like we'll say that like you know the basketball players like Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan was the higher the greater basketball player so uh, Melchizedek referred to the time lords the 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 beings that uh were responsible for for, for space and time and uh and the earth earth ex- they're all they're connected to the great white brotherhood Uh, there's a book called map the medical assistance program that's about the great white brotherhood that is related to uh the Melchizedek priesthood and uh they they, they're kind of like the overseers of the planet you know always working towards the evolution of the planet evolution of humanity uh, and and restoring balance and harmony to the. but they're definitely related into the like the timelines and, and things like that and, and higher consciousness of information, you know, that's to be downloaded in, into the earth and has been downloaded to earth for for thousands of years. You know, all, all the information that we are talking about now has always been here. It's been here forever.
0: I would assume that on the other side, all the answers to all our questions are there and we can tap into them. We just, they're filtered out when we get here.
1: Absolutely. We we forget to remember. That's our, that's our problem and our opportunities that we forget to remember.
0: You mentioned earlier Elohim. Uh-huh. And in the Bible and Genesis, I believe the Elohim are the ones who created man. Is this the same Elohim?
1: Yeah, Elohim is L. El. The L is the sound uh, that we make a lot in toning. Um, and then Genesis is genes of Isis. So um, Elohim is referring to those beings that were involved in the creation of humanity. But they're also uh, related to music and sound and and just a, a, a heavenly harmonics, I guess that's the best way to describe it. Yeah.
0: Was the ability to do sound healing given to you during your NDE or as a download?
1: I believe it was a download during the NDE, you know, or simultaneously around that same time because I really didn't know a lot about sound until uh, I was down in Charleston with a with a Reiki circle uh up in North Charleston and Leeds Avenue there And uh, we had a Reiki group a Reiki circle and we were playing around with tones and stuff like that and that was interesting enough the same time around the same time that the woman called me at 1 30 in the morning and gave me all that information and that's when the tones uh started to come through me and then all of a sudden with her phone call there was kind of like a an awakening of a a, a really clear vision of what happened that night and it just You know, everything, you know, fell into place.
0: Are you singing like certain frequencies? Like you'll see on YouTube videos that says sound healing 532 hertz. So
1: have you ever like a bowl, like those crystal singing bowls? Mm -hmm. So basically what I do is I channel those pure tones. So people for years have called me the human singing bowl or in Peruvia and down in South America. The Peruvian shamans use what's called a wanka. It's like a little teapot, you blow into the teapot, it makes this really high-pitched sound. So they've also called me the walk, the walking Wonka. Mm. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> hopefully, hopefully people won't call you Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> when you're allowing the tones to come through, are you channeling them, or do you just uh, know? Okay, I'm going to do this tone.
1: No, I really, I feel a presence coming through. More than likely the Hathors. I've been to Egypt a few times. Uh, Hathor is the, the the goddess of joy and music. Uh, the The temple's Dendara, and they have like the big elf ears, and um, I really feel like they are coming through me. On They always come through the left side, and then the, the sound comes out.
0: Do you normally do this in public settings or just private healings for people?
1: Both. And I remember the first time I presented this, outside of my small Reiki circle was for about uh, 200 people uh, at the Mastering Life Center in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And um, I started doing the tones, the tones started coming through me. And I wanna say after about you know doing 10 or 12 tones, I just heard this voice say, um, open your eyes. And over half the people were just out like that uh-huh. because it clears everything, it clears your space. They can focus on is that is that sound, and you just you're able to let go. And yeah. mm. also, I also do sessions privately as well. And and, and I want to I'm I really feel guided to share this story because it's it's about the power of sound and what it can do. Um, I want to say in 2009, I was at the East West Bookstore in San Francisco, in Mountain View, San Francisco, California, and I had a lady that was adamant that I was supposed to help her son. Uh, Her son uh, was severely autistic, and autistic to the point that he would wear a mask to hide from society. And um, he, like, she kept trying to take him back to to have me work with him, and he kept running out out the store. Now, the East West bookstore, I mean, Michael Beckwith, Wayne Dyer, Greg Braden, Louise Hay, they've all presented there. Um, I must there was probably about 300 people at the talk and I and um this lady was just adamant i was gonna help i was gonna help her son and he just was like he she finally got him back down the hallway and she's like clinging he is like clinging on to her for like dear life he's terrified and i'm like and this lady's like i need you to fix my son i kept telling her there's nothing wrong with your son he's fine he's gonna be okay and she's like, but you're this amazing sounder. i'm like ma'am If this doesn't work, just go to the desk and get your money back. But I need you just to be calm. There's nothing wrong with your son. And so I just, you know, got real quiet, real still, let out a couple tones and created this, this space of stillness, Jeff. And all of a sudden that voice came back to me and goes, Mark, open your eyes. The kid pulls his mask off. He has a tear in his eye. And he looks at me and goes, I've been waiting for you. And he starts talking to me for 30 minutes like we were best friends. The mom is in disbelief because she's like, how did you do that? I said, I created a space of acceptance, which is what you continually refuse to do because you continually want him to be anything other than he's not. And so those tones just really clear everything out. They create a a really sense of deep inner peace and stillness. That's a true story, and I can't make that story up.
0: It's a great story. What inspires you about toning for people?
1: Uh, what the effect it had on people? Just time and time again, you know, I, I've told people for years that this, the this, the sound that comes through me is smarter than you and I and people on the planet combined. It has its own intelligence. It's it's very attuned. It doesn't matter if I've got four people in front of me or five hundred people in front of me. That tone will go to each individual person's greatest point of pain. So you have pain in your lower back. The person next to you has pain in their neck. The person behind them has pain in their hip. That tone will go to each individual person's point of greatest pain and clear it out. Just like a you know modern medical doctors use sound waves to break up gallstones and kidney stones. Um, Dr. Emoto, who did messages from the water, Show that sound changes water. Uh Greg Braden has on a videotape a sonogram of three Qigong healers using sound to dissolve a golf ball-sized tumor in three minutes. Edgar Casey, the famous psychic, said that, you know, uh sound would be the human modality of the future, pure sounds. Uh, you know, the word person is Greek for through sound. The word universe is one song. It is said that Hopi, the Hopi grandmother, sung the web of the universe into existence. I mean, everything is based on frequencies and harmonics. Um, there's a guy by the name of uh, Dan Carlson in Wisconsin, and he became interested in Ripe technology. Ripe technology is just running sound waves through a tumor to use it to break it up. Same thing to do with gallstones and kidney stones. Well, he he became fascinated because that he used ripe technology to help heal his uh, wife's cancer tumor. Well, he became interested, interested in sound and frequencies. And so Jeff, he found that when he ran a 4,000 or 5,000 Hertz frequency through the fields, that they produced a 400% greater yield using sound to, to create increase in yields and food. This is what the Hopi legends say. They say that the legends, the elders, that they would sing to the crops and then produce kernels of corn size of most men's thumbs. And uh, the Celestine prophecy talks about singing to plants to heal them, to make them grow. And so he found that that 5,000, 4,500 hertz frequency was generating a yield of 400, 400% greater yield time and time again. So then he became interested in nature and animals and things like that. This is from Hans Jen's work on cymatics. You know, that he would run a, a sound wave, you know, through a butterfly and run it, put it on the the, the filings, the magnetic filings, and it would produce a magnetic pattern. And each animal, each plant had a very specific geometric pattern. Well, he found, check this out, this is why sound is so important. Dan Carlson discovered that when birds sing in the morning, they're singing at that 4,000, 5,000 hertz frequency. They are literally singing life into the planet every morning. When chirps sing, when crickets chirp, they're chirping at 2,000 cycles per second. They're literally closing everything down at night. It's it, it's harmonics, it's music, it's frequencies. That's what this universe is based upon. It's just really amazing and fascinating stuff.
0: I believe one of my guests during his or her NDE heard the frequency of the planet. Wow, do you know anything about that? Well,
1: they call the frequency of the planet the Schuman the Schumann resonance, but I've I've never tapped into that. I've never heard what that sounds like. But that, that's incredible, yeah. And there's a lady in Ohio, Sherry Edwards, who she hears the energy field, and she says that people are missing notes in the energy field, and she playing them back, and you know people recover from. Brain tumors and cancer and all all things like that. So it's pretty fascinating stuff. Sound is really powerful. I mean, if you ever like see a opera singer, or if you watch American Idol and Ian Tongi, and you hear his voice, that everyone is in tears because it moves you. Sound moves us. It connects us. You know, one of the most powerful things about the toning that I do and other people toning like Tom Kenyon do, um, there is no more separation. You feel that oneness, that collective consciousness you get that there's all one because it creates such a profound stillness you know in the modern 2023 we're so busy on our phones our pdas going here going there our bodies are craving stillness because when your body is still that's when it really begins to heal but we've gotten so busy with this technology and here there do this do that that we forget to be still it's those be still and know that i am stop being still and you are you are it you know that that there's no God out there God is here with, everywhere you know and that's what that stillness is about that's why stillness is so powerful
0: besides toning did you get any other new abilities from your NDE?
1: That's a great question I've been asked that before uh it just maybe more intuitive uh in fact uh shortly after my NDE, i was up in wisconsin with a childhood friend and uh one morning i woke up and i went to peter's mother and i said look you need to call your daughter right now and tell her not to come up and um uh they were upset with that and i told them again i said no you don't you don't understand uh you have to call your daughter right now and tell her uh not to come up and uh they got so mad at me, Jeff, that they put me on a Greyhound bus the next day and sent me back to Iowa. Well, uh, unfortunately, their daughter was killed in the car accident on the way up. And then um, shortly after that, uh, I started receiving messages. I, I'm sure you've heard of uh, Shirley McLean. Mm-hmm. Shirley McLean's channel was Kevin Ryerson. Kevin Ryerson channeled John, John the Apostle. Uh, there was a two gentlemen, Joe Albioni and Jerry Bowman in Los Angeles with the Out of the, or, out of the Ordinary Show in KIEB, Los Angeles, California. And uh, Joe Albiani was an attorney. Jerry Bowman was a, a trans channel. Jerry was channeling John as well. And I kind of got past some of John's information. And around the ages of 17, uh, I started receiving information from John. Uh, He would say things like, um, the kingdom of God is within you. Why do you seek anything else? We never use the truth to be right. We never use the truth to make others wrong. We never use the truth to score points for our ego. Uh, A master is not a master because he himself says so. A master is called master because those who witness him say that he is master. And just really some really profound insights to humanity and consciousness from this being called John, John the Apostle. And uh, I guess, unfortunately, because when you're 17 to 18 years old, there's too many blondes, too many broom nets. There's, you know, nature boy, Ric Flair, you know, woo. And, you know, there's all, you know, I mean, there's college, I'm a huge college football fan still. And you kind of scratch your head going, maybe I should have listened to John Moore, you know, 30, 30 years ago. And uh, so I felt that I became more sensitive. I became more intuitive. I was opening up to mediumship, channeling, and in all honesty, it scared the hell out of me. So instead of drinking all the time, I smoked marijuana every day for three years just to you know to numb it out because it's like you do, we're not exactly given the tools when you're a teenager when, when you're a male teenager you know let alone a female but when you're a male you know or you incarnate as a male and you're having all these abilities, yeah, it's just, it was, it was hard to process in a a holistic, healthy manner, in a holistic, healthy manner, you know? So, but to answer your question, yeah, I mean, it made me more intuitive to the point that I I shut down again.
0: Has the memory of the NDE faded over time?
1: No, no, absolutely not. Mm. I feel, I still feel it right here.
0: Would you be willing to give us some examples of toning?
1: Sure so i the you know like the Gaido monks the monks of Gaido, they taught that if one would live in the moment what fear would they have so that's, that's cool. like the, the the monks of guido and then
0: i saw a video of you doing that i'm glad you did that some of these monks do two or three tones at the same right. time, it's, like overtones. It's called,
1: uh, yeah, it's called tubium throat singing. It's monks of the monks of Gaido Yeah. Um, yeah. You
0: no know, It overpowers your mic or something.
1: Okay, I can send you an auto, auto file, but it's just like a. It's like right. an A
0: sharp. Sometimes it just overpowers the mic, just the way the electronics are. So if people want right. other examples, you have a YouTube channel, right?
1: YouTube channel, then go to my website or mm-hmm. uh, I do have audio audio files available. Yeah. But it's just a pure tone A sharp, uh four hundred and twenty six hertz, somewhere around there. And it just really helps people sleep better at night. It releases their pain. Uh and it gets you to focus. So there was a uh, brain states, uh, or Neuromagic using brain states, a $40,000 uh, computer in Stone, Arizona, measured the sound spectrum that I do. And uh, it was shown to put the alpha waves, the beta waves, delta waves, and gamma waves in the most ideal harmonic ratio uh, for optimal uh, brain function. And so, uh, you know, but again, sound is so profound and so healing. You know, I, I think it will be the medicine of the future, but it's, and it's already, people are just now exploring sound and harmonics and frequencies. And so it's really amazing what it can do. Sorry. The tones are too, I, I you know, so sorry about that.
0: It's okay. Just is what it is. It's not a problem. Yeah. Can you tell us about the time that you were with Dolores Cannon?
1: Yeah, sure. That's uh, thanks for bringing that up. Um, so I w- it was called the wake up now in Albuquerque, New Mexico uh 2017 and I went on before uh Dolores I was on uh before Dolores Cannon and I had a guy come up to me um after uh after I did my talk and he was probably 65 or so and um he came up to me and goes Mark I think all this stuff is crap total BS you know but I want to talk to you Like, sure, great. So I said, um, you know, there's a gentleman standing behind you. I'm going to guess he's your father. My sense is that he's passed away recently, and he's holding a wooden airplane. He's pointing to the wooden airplane, and he's pointing to you. Jeff, that guy, dropped to his knees and wailed like a three-year-old kid. And he finally gathers himself, and he said, wow. Wow said, when I was seven years old, I built a wooden airplane for my dad. I put it on the chair in my my living room, and I went to get something to eat. Uh, I forgot that I put that wooden airplane on the chair in the living room. And when I went back to the living room, I sat on it, and I broke that wooden airplane. I was never able to give that to my dad. His dad came through to let him know that he got that wooden airplane. I cannot make that up amazing. yeah so and I've done mediumship before um I've I found and I'm really honest about this I'm either spot on or I feel like I'm just you know grabbing for answers and so if it comes to me it comes to me if it doesn't it doesn't I my focus really is on uh sound healing and energy work but you know it's but again you know when people cross over and they they say over, over and over again, the thing is about closure. They just want the opportunity to bring closure, to complete those incompletes, you know? So if there's something, like if there's someone that, you, you know, like, you know, someone needs to hear your voice. Someone needs to hear your forgiveness. Someone needs to hear your joy. Someone needs to hear your blessing. You know, don't wait for tomorrow. You know, if you know who that person is, you know, uh, do it.
0: I, get, I really
1: mean that you know
0: I guess they have to be big things because we all make so many mistakes in life.
1: Well we really don't make mistakes Jeff. There's just there's just actions and consequences. You've never done anything wrong. you know there's just actions there's just actions and consequences and you know we we get into a lot of judgments about what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong and uh but ultimately it's just actions and consequences. You know, and it's, it's there's you know you're not going to go to hell. Hell doesn't exist. Um, in fact, it was a village outside of Jerusalem where they burned garbage, and if you couldn't afford a proper burial, you were given a shallow grave where the animals uh, could easily gnaw at your flesh. Uh, the Gnostic Christians defined your defined hell as the distance that you place yourself between you and God, and the further that you removed yourself from God, you. It was said that you, whatever God means to you, it was said that you were living a life in hell. So yeah, I, you know, it's just it, it just got so diluted and converted, or diluted and and strangeness with uh, the Bible and how what it's used for, you know, to make people feel guilty when you're you're really not guilty. Do you
0: think there's an end point to reincarnation?
1: That's a million dollar question. You know, I I don't know, because we keep coming here lifetime after lifetime until we learn love, compassion, forgiveness and non-judgment. And I really hope that, you know, in the next, you know, whatever, 10, 15 years that humanity finally wakens up and, um, you know, we get it. and, And, you know, right now, Jeff, there are beings all over the galaxy lined up for many, many dimensions to be on Earth right now. Uh, Because there is a great uh, resonant awakening going through as we move towards that resonant central equator of the planet that Billy Carson talks about. Um, And what's going to happen when this happens, and this is why Earth is so important, why humans are so important right now, is that it'll create a catalyst that not only is going to happen on this planet, but it's going to happen on thousands and thousands of other realities, dimensional planes, and planets Throughout the entire universe, it'll just be like a domino effect where we are the, the, the start point because if we can do it here, it'll just go everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, that, so it's a really powerful thing that's unfolding on the planet right now, despite all the, the appearances of, of what's going on. Do you have a time frame when that will happen? There's what they say is 10 years might be tomorrow what they say is tomorrow might be 10 years so that you know i hope it happens in the next five to ten years but time is an illusion right you know what it's it's not that judgment day is at hand it's non-judgment day is at hand you know the the the, the sense of time will be well, it'll be now time will be now the end of time the end of our sense of time that's what's happening Apocalypse does not mean catastrophe. It means uh, releasing or removing the veil. It's friends for removing the veil.
0: Once this happens, what do you think life on earth will be like?
1: Ah, man, I don't know, but I, I do know that enlightenment looks just like this. It looks just like this room. It looks just like now. I just think that there will be more, uh, uh, uh there won't be the separation. There won't be us, them. We'll have, there'll be disagreements and, uh, different understandings different perspectives but it won't be I don't I, I disagree with you so I, I I gotta shoot you or something or condemn you you know there'll just be a greater awareness of the collective you know even when you hurt the least of your brother and you're hurting me you know we are all one there is no Jeff there is no Mark it's It is the one mind, the one consciousness expressing through many, many different viewpoints.
0: For people who are grieving over the loss of loved ones, what kind of advice can you give them?
1: Grieving is very important. You absolutely have to feel your loss. You have to feel you have to grieve. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I would just remind them that, you know, your memories never go. Your memories of that person will never leave you. Uh, you can always embrace that person and you will re you know you'll reunite, reunite with them and that you know death is an illusion you are eternal you 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 will always be here always will always you know forever so you know uh be uh be happy for them be celebrate who they were and what they meant to you and while you know you can grieve also appreciate them and you can always close your eyes and you know bring them closer to you. You know, that can that as long as you're in a physical body, that can never be taken away from you.
0: You mentioned earlier about beings from all over the galaxy wanting to come here. Have you ever had contact with ETs or any of those beings?
1: I've had contact interactions with ETs since, since I was a child. Um and I've had a lot of dreams where you, you know, they're talking about coming here. When I was in undergraduate school, my God, there was about three or four months where I had just children, thousands of children lined up wanting to talk to me about incarnating on the planet. So that was um, like around 99, 2000, where I had that happen a lot. Yeah, I get a lot of information, in my dreams, you know, the dream state going through time and all the time holes and time travel, and then getting information from elders and and beings and things like that. So dreams are very important. It's just like another reality. Absolutely.
0: After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you
1: up for that? Absolutely. Yeah. People can reach me at my website, which is mark-patterson.com. That's mark-patterson.com. Absolutely.
0: Out of all the things that you do, what are you most passionate about?
1: What am I most passionate about has gotta be uh combining sound with energy, energy, qigong, um just getting people to feel the energy around them, consciousness, connect, connectedness, uh, and the and the tones, and uh just teaching people the message over and over again that you're it that you are God, small g, that you are the divine. You are an aspect of the whole, the holiness, and that you you are divine, brilliant. You're born to win, but conditioned to lose. Besides
0: doing the toning and healing, do you have anything else that you're working on that you'd like us to know about?
1: Yeah, so right now there's uh, some of us in the Asheville, North Carolina area and Tiro- several of us down in Charleston, South Carolina that we're working on a protocol for a uh, GERT, which is called Galactic Envoy Response Team. And uh, once we get that protocol down, we're going to hopefully connect with people from all over the planet. So you could have a, a GERT in Cairo, GERT in London, GERT in San Diego, uh, GERT in Charlotte, GERT in Des Moines, Seattle, and so on. And all of a sudden you have a group of people that are in, interconnected who have uh, experiences with uh, ETs, angels, higher dimensional consciousness, and it gives it will give them a platform uh, to feel safe about expressing who they are, about these experiences in a format. And then before you know it, these groups are all over the world and you create a grid of consciousness that is supportive to people that are looking to connect with others. If you ever go on vacation, whatever, And this is basically how CosmicCon in San Diego started out. It started out with a small group of people looking for like minds connected, to now CosmicCon is one of the biggest conventions in the world. And it's about, because, you know, sometimes it's really hard to talk about your experiences because you're afraid of being rejected. But once you have a platform that gives you an, an identity, a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose, that this resonates with you and people from all across the globe, then you have a really powerful network of like-minded people that can help really help shift consciousness uh, and dynamics and energy on the planet. So that's a Galactic Envoy Response Team. So that's really, it's going to be really special, really powerful.
0: I've never heard of Cosmic Con. I thought at first you were talking about Comic Con,
1: Maybe I'm talking about com Yes, you're right. Thanks for correcting me. You are correct. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Because Comic-Con, in my opinion, although I've never been, is kind of more like a sci-fi con. But Cosmic makes more sense if it's, you know, experience. No, no.
1: I I said it wrong. You're correct. Mm. But I was thinking of Cosmic. Yes, you're correct.
0: Hmm. All right. Before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message?
1: Believe in who you are take ownership of your gift, embrace it, enjoy it. You know, I've told people for years, the girl cries out to God, dear God, why would you give me a gift that no one wants? And God says, dear child, the problem is not the gift. The problem is that you're afraid that if people find out that you have that gift, they're not gonna want you. Forget about what other people think. You know, be great, be awesome, be, and find out what you're passionate about, find out what your enthusiasm is about. Do it, go for it. Take ownership of who you are because you are that child of God in whom she is most pleased. You're it, be it. Mark,
0: thank you for that message and thank you for being my guest.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Jeff.
0: Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast.